This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where every week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we discuss what's going on in our business. Plus, we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week, we'll be talking to porn star Lance Hart. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce Adult Site Broker Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. With Adult Site Broker Cash, you'll have the chance to earn as much as 20% of our broker commission, referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check our website at adultsitebroker.com for more details. First of all, today, let's cover some of the news going on in our industry. German authorities have been stepping up their efforts to fine in-country sex workers for posting sexually explicit content on open online platforms like Twitter, forcing them to take down posts on the U.S.-based and free speech-protected sites. According to a new report by the Daily Dot, Focusing on sex workers in the German BDSM community, the crackdown against free sexual expression on the internet has been ramping up in Germany over the last few years. Laws regulating online pornography have been in place since 2002. The Interstate Treaty on the Protection of Minors in the Media in Germany makes it illegal to distribute pornography to which minors have access. Government censors from a confusing patchwork of regulatory bodies and state and local governments have been using that legislation to target sex workers who post sexual content on open platforms like Twitter without an age verification firewall. The Ninth Circuit Federal Appellate Court ruled against Kink.com and owner Peter Ackworth in their lawsuit against their former insurance company, Utain Specialty, affirming a lower court's opinion that the insurer does not have a duty to provide coverage for litigation costs and settlements over 2015 lawsuits concerning allegations of HIV transmissions at the iconic San Francisco Armory building. At the time of the alleged transmissions, Kink.com and Ackworth owned the iconic San Francisco location associated with the Kink.com brand. In an unpublished opinion yesterday, a Ninth Circuit panel upheld a 2019 summary ruling against Kink and Ackworth by District Judge James Donato, ruling that the insurance exclusion provision precludes coverage of injury resulting from sexual acts. Legal news site Law 360 reported. Kink and Ackworth were targeted in a series of lawsuits in 2015 by performers who claimed to have contracted HIV while shooting scenes for a company called Cybernet Entertainment. Kink and Ackworth alleged Cybernet was a tenant who had rented the armory as a location. The performers alleged unsafe work conditions that didn't mandate the use of condoms and required actors to engage in sexual acts with visitors touring the premises. Judge Donato's 2019 ruling, upheld yesterday by the appeals court, stated that Utain was not obligated to cover the defense costs incurred by Kink.com and Ackworth during the Cybernet cases due to their policy's physical sexual abuse exclusion. A workers' comp case recently brought in Australia against an anti-porn group by one of their own employees provides another bizarre example of plaintiffs deploying the debunked concept of porn addiction and the stigmatization drug-related language of porn use or porn consumption as legal strategies. 
Michael Bowker, a man working as a national office manager at Family Voice Australia, a conservative Christian organization which lobbies against porn and other social issues, had a stroke at work in April 2016. Bowker then sued Family Voice Australia, claiming that his workplace, where he worked for four months, had become so stressful that the situation had a direct impact on his health, leading to the stroke. Bowker's argument was that the work environment became so stressful he turned to the sin of pornography, which contributed to the stroke, since he felt this was in conflict with his religious beliefs and his moral standards. The South Australian Employment Tribunal, in a judgment published online, awarded Bowker two years of weekly compensation payments after finding that his stress levels significantly contributed to his brain hemorrhage. The tribunal took into consideration several workplace environmental factors, including poor staff morale, long hours, workload, and technological issues. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We have an adult microblogging and social media site that has over 7.7 million unique visitors per month. The site is a mix of social media and microblogging with a very active user base, which is expanding rapidly every day. The platform offers every registered user a blog, which they can use to post their own content and reblog content from other users. They can also interact with other users through comments and an instant messaging system. The website offers truly immense potential for growth and earnings for the right person or company. By adding subscription plans for an ad-free experience, a new owner would significantly raise the earnings, and combined with starting to sell ads directly, could more or less double the earnings in no time at all. The site is also very unique. There's nothing else like it. Also, it has not been advertised in any way, so there are tremendous opportunities for growth using ad campaigns. For the right company, this is an opportunity which has immense potential. This great site is available now for only $280,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is adult star Lance Hart. Lance, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, Lance is one of the most prolific stars in adult. He can master any role and has done it all from gay, straight, fetish, bi, trans, and everything in between. His first scene was for Sean Cody, and he went on to become one of their top contracted models. After that, he started his own fetish studio and produced clips and eventually went on to found his current studio, Man Up Films, Sweet Fendom, and Lance Hart Studios. With over 10 years in adult, Lance has worked with all the top studios, including Kink, Evil Angel, Lust Cinema, Icon Mail, Transerotica, Transsensual, Gender X, Fetish Forest, Wasteland, and Severe Sex Films. He's an official spokesmodel for Playgirl, as well as brand spokesmodel for VR, or rather XR brands. Lance has received countless nominations, including from AVN, XBiz, the TEAs, the Fetish Awards, Fleshbot Awards, Gay Fleshbot Awards, Pornhub Awards, Alt Porn Awards, Urban X Awards, Cybersocket, and the Grabbies. He's won uh, Niche Performer of the Year and multiple awards for his scene work from the AVN Awards. He's won uh, Male Clip Artist of the Year from the XBiz Awards, and he's won the XBiz Cam Awards Best Male Clip Artist. 
Lance has also scored Male Performer of the Year from the Fetish Awards three times in a row, as well as Favorite Male Fetish Webcam Performer and Favorite Fetish Featured Film. Lance has also won Best Male Performer from the Alt Porn Awards, TEA Awards, and Gavian Awards. He's grabbed a ton of mainstream coverage from outlets like GQ, BuzzFeed, Paper Magazine, The Daily Beast, The Boston Globe, Oxy, and Input. Before entering adult, Lance has had a wide array of jobs from street performer in New Orleans to senior sales executive for Cogent Communications. Well, that's all we have time for today, Lance. No. Okay. Um, cool. It sounds so, like I kind of know what I'm doing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. It's quite a resume. So how is, uh, how's the new buy site coming along? Well, I'm excited about it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited. So I bought the domain buyfuck, B-I-F-U-C-K. I like that. And yeah, I was, I was looking at all kinds of different buy things for domains. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then I was like, this is, this is going to be taken. And it wasn't, it wasn't taken. It was like, uh, it was taken. And then I bought it from someone who wasn't using it. One of those mm-hmm. things. But that got me excited because it's a short domain. It's like right. six letters. And it's pretty simple, like buy, fuck, okay, mm. you know what I mean. So hey, yeah, so I'm pumped about that. Um, mm-hmm. And the the only bummer, so I've, I've like been saving up for a while to have the money for all the content, so I could shoot a lot really fast mm-hmm. and shoot all the marketing shit, mm-hmm. and do all all the stuff that costs money up front. And so I've been saving up, saving up. It's been great. And then, um, <laughs> and then you know, pandemic happened, and I was uh-huh. like, well, fuck. Uh, and then things kind of opened up, but they probably shouldn't have already, you know, like everybody's back to shooting porn. Uh, my wife and I are staying home. We're not, we're, we're shooting porn at home. Right. Uh, but, um, I don't know. I just, I did the other day, I just kind of got a hair up my butt and I was like, well, you know what it was is, um, with, uh, all the, the explosion of, of, uh, unrest with racial issues in the country. Um, what as uh, one thing led to another and then i started working on a project where i could teach uh you know basically like teach black people how to build their own porn company instead mm. of just perform um nice. the idea is like ricky johnson or anna fox instead of like mm. oh i want to win performer of the year mm. why aren't they thinking why don't i own a company just like evil angel mm. or why don't i own kink.com well, why don't i own uh bank bros or, or something like that you know what i mean and um, and the it, it so i started working on that like helping to connect those dots um mm-hmm. and uh because it really the it, what the quote-unquote racism is it, it's systemic and it's i don't think it's on purpose but i think it, it's real where um i don't know how to put it bluntly or less bluntly but basically you know a lot of times white people just don't take the time to explain shit to black people because they think well this isn't for them like they're they're not sadly sadly they're not going to be you know you're you're a hot black person you're a model you're not going to be a ceo of a big company so Mm -hmm. i would assume it's the same reason you don't have uh that i'm aware of many like black sports team owners right you know, you have a lot of, of athletes, but not right. a lot of owners. So I, mm-hmm. so anyway, so I'm, I'm doing this project where I'm trying to teach, um, really anyone who's interested. And then that turned into, well, everybody's mad about the abuse and porn and the mm-hmm. consent violations and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, 
if you really hate that and you're sick of that shit, instead of telling people to cancel people, why don't you just start your own company and hire who you want? That's right. You know? And, um, so that's where that project is. And so I'm doing that and I'm explaining soup to nuts to people, how to build a, their own porn company, like a pay site stands on its own, not like a OnlyFans or a, Hey, I'm going to shoot stuff, put it on Pornhub and make a little money. I mean, like building your own standalone business. Um, Mm -hmm. as I was doing that, I was like, Oh, I did want to start a buy site. Uh, maybe I should do this. Just, just walk through. I'll just go, I'll do it. So it's in front of me. Mm -hmm. That way I'll be able to explain it better. Right. And, then I got excited because I'm like doing it, and I'm you know I got the domain, I got the site now, I got the put one clip on it that I shot a while ago, and I'm like ah I really want to shoot, I really want to shoot, I want to finish this, you know. So now I'm excited, and I'm I don't know, I might I'm really being prudent about should I mm-hmm. be doing these shoot because by nature if it's a buy scene, there's at least three performers, so it's right. not just like I'm endangering two people, I'm endangering three with yeah. COVID. So I'm like yeah. fuck, all right, and then. It's not gay, so it's it, there's a female there, so there's going to be makeup involved. So well, it's can like, you, okay, well, makeup. can can you ah, shoot? Fuck. Can you shoot safely now? Um, I mean, it's defined safely, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what's safe, uh, right? Yeah, like okay, before COVID, shoot making porn is dangerous by nature sure. because you're agreeing to. Uh, with layman's terms, like one layman is talking to another layman, not lawyers, but one layman is talking to another layman and saying, Hey, let's go into this contractual agreement together that involves over a thousand dollars and your own physical safety. Um, yeah. And protected so sex, right? Yeah. Unprotected sex. And then also, you know, e- even if there's no S and M there's uh, penetration, and you know throat fucking and all. I mean you know it's 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 not exactly it's not the most dangerous job in the world, but there's risk you yes. know. Uh, and 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 you know even if you bump your head accidentally while you're having sex while you're getting fucked, you're at the that's two ingredients that can lead to trauma. Yeah. Even if there's no malice involved, like if there's no no one was malicious, no one meant to do anything wrong, but you sure. bumped your head, you had head trauma, and then sex was involved. Now you've got PTSD. Congratulations. So it's, you know, it's, it, it's dangerous, right? But so you start there and then you add a global pandemic. And, <laughs> but I mean, that being said, I love it. I can't imagine doing anything other than this job. And right. I've had a lot of jobs before porn, which sucked <laughs> on their own levels. You know what I mean? Even being a salesman for a big software company, mm-hmm. uh, wearing a suit day, you know, fancy dinners, all that kind of stuff. That mm-hmm. was painful and yep. so many weird it's just different mm-hmm. um anyway so i love doing porn so i don't want to stop doing porn but now we're adding a uh potentially fatal virus into the mix that's lovely. airborne lovely isn't it yeah <laughs> and it doesn't from what everybody at least from what i understand it probably ain't gonna kill me but it could kill my mom or my friend's mom. yeah yeah and i'm like so that makes it even dirtier because it's mm-hmm. like you and I might agree to have sex uh, on camera, but mm-hmm. what is your mom involved in the conversation? Right. You know, like, no, cause it's sex. That'd be mm-hmm. weird. But do you go visit your mom ever? Cause if you do, what, what, and then, and then it's like, God, you could, the mental goose flesh of the whole thing. Cause you could really just go so many ways with it. We're like, well, how do we even know it's that dangerous? And how do we know? It's fatal, and how do you know it contagious? And no one knows. And ah, but you just gotta. I'm in the 
I like to be in the neighborhood of polite where I don't mm-hmm. kill people's moms. So I, probably, you know, if it, probably wise. Yes. Probably wise. Yeah, if, if there's, if there's, if even like killing someone's mom is on the table, I'm kind of like, <laughs> I don't want to sit there. I don't want to sit at that table. Yeah. Right. So, it's, so then, but then the other, it's, it's like, well, fuck man, we gotta, gotta go on with our lives, you right. know? Right. So, and this is not just porn, obviously. It's every industry across the board. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just living. So, it's just living. So, mm-hmm. so can you shoot safely? Here's uh, well, here's what I know. I'm I'm on the board at the Free Speech Coalition. So we're yes. a porn trade association. So we're whether or not it's really our job. Everyone looked to us to make the rules on mm-hmm. is it safe to make porn or not. And uh, Michelle, our leader, is uh, really really good at running a um, nonprofit trade association. I mean, she's like a bad, bad, never been in porn, never been a sex worker. So she knew that, you know, she's not an idiot. So she said, okay, I'm going to have to consult with the entire industry basically. And we, you know, we did, she did everything she could to learn everything she possibly could and then build a team and a task force of people to try to figure out the different levels of risk and when to say it's no go or go. Mm-hmm. And uh, so currently uh, according to me on the board, you know, me at the board, my, my cast force and me were saying, yeah, yeah, you can, you can shoot porn. You can, it's highly advised that you don't, um, <laughs> leave your house, but you can. Um, and if you're going to, uh, here's a, uh, doc, we have a 15 page document that reads like a technical document. It's like right. really, painful, right. but it should, because it's technical mm-hmm. information and it's, um, what we gathered from industrial hygienists and medical experts and scientists and fucking people that know their shit. Uh, you know, we had to pay pay money. It wasn't just like, Hey, Hey, I I do some hooking on the side and I sometimes this doctor sucks my dick for money. And so I asked him and he said this, you know, you know, it's not like that. It's like we actually paid them as a trade association to get us this good data. And, um, so you can break that document down into like steps to take, that fit whatever your production is. Mm-hmm. And that turns into, that's the safest way to make porn. So that's the good news is there is a, uh, you can make a blueprint to do it. Um, but it's this big question mark of like, cause there's so much shit we don't know. Right. Like if, uh, right. so for example, if I, I have a tentative, I have a studio of a location booked for mm-hmm. the 10th. So it's from now. Um, they are just as prudent as me, the, lo- the location owners. They're right. super good, scared. So, but we're friends too, and they trust me, and I trust them. And they, so any, so the first step is either shoot at your house or shoot at a location that's clean as fuck, right? So you mm-hmm. clean the shit out of it. Right. Before you, you meet everyone in the parking lot, and you take their temperature outside with one of those temperature guns. Yep. You like zap the head. And then if that's clear, you ask them a bunch of questions, just like you get asked at the nail salon, like, have you been coughing? Have you lost your sense of taste or smell? Have you da-da-da? So if they clear that, then you look at their COVID test, which has to be a PCR test. It's kind of a technical term, but it has to be a special mm-hmm. kind of COVID. If it's within the last three days and it says you don't have COVID, there's a 60% chance you don't have COVID at that Jeez. So pretty good, 60%. If someone was like, Hey, there's a 60% chance you'll get laid if you go to this bar tonight. Like you probably go. <laughs> well, yeah. But if they're like, there's a 40% chance that your mom will die. Oof. If you go to that, you're like, um, 
wait a minute. But but that's kind of a, a leap, right? Because maybe you could the person you're working with could have COVID, but you you don't give it to your mom, and your mom doesn't die, right? So it's right. You still you know what I mean. It's like ah, so okay, so there's sixty percent chance no one has COVID. Everybody gets tested. You let them in. You keep everybody six feet apart. You give everybody has a mask. Makeup lady has a face shield. Uh, nobody eats next to each other. Everybody keeps their stuff separate by six feet. So you don't have one model's suitcase of lingerie exploding into another model's da 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 da. Um, you, you tape off areas where you're like, Hey, these areas I know are clean. You can be here outside the tape though. Don't go outside the tape. It's like, Mm -hmm. we don't know. Right. And then you start shooting and you, uh, if, if there, and then when you're shooting, you try to do positions that aren't face to face. Mm-hmm. As much as sure, so probably not much kissing or no kissing, mm-hmm. and then a lot of doggy, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean? mm-hmm. stuff like that. Then, um, not a terrible thing, not no, it's yeah, it's doable, right? And mm-hmm. then, uh, everybody, uh, cleans up, washes the fuck out of their hands, you know, and uh, goes home, you clean the shit out of the set, and then you, as the person, the director, or the like, the per- like me in charge that day, mm-hmm. I go pre-COVID test three days later sure. just to have in writing that I, Hey, uh, there's a 60% chance I didn't have it before the shoot. And now there's a 60% chance I didn't get it on the shoot. Mm. So you have like two and that'll hold up in court kind of, kind of okay. Like, oh, well, so if you do all that, mm-hmm. um, and pretty I, involved. Yeah. If you don't let anyone travel to your shoot, your odds are much better. Sure. Like if, no mask, like they can drive in the car, but you know, you don't have to take mm-hmm. a bus or, you know, or a fucking airplane yeah. to get shoot. You're going to cut down greatly on that risk of them being in the 40% sure. and not positive. So, yeah, you know, um, and all that over something that like, is it just the flu or does it kill your mom? I don't fucking know. It depends. It depends on which part of Facebook you're looking at that day. You know, it's just, uh, oh, uh. so weird. So uh, you mentioned cancel culture. Um, what's your what's your take on that? Man, I think so. I'm not. I don't jump into that. Um, I've kind of. I just have a hard policy for my just for myself, where I don't say negative things about people mm-hmm. on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um. And if, it, if I'm in a digital conversation, like text message or something, and it looks like it's going to get emotional, mm-hmm. uh, I say, hey, we should talk in person on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't – that's been my rule. And that's kept me – it's given me a lot of peace of mind just having that rule. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, that, I'm not perfect though. Like I'll gossip in person with people, you know, which I need to – I wish I didn't. That's a bad thing to do. But I found mm-hmm. myself – talking some shit with my buddy or my wife, you know, like, you know what that motherfucker's doing? Jeez, what is he? You know what I mean? So I got it. There's stuff I got to look at, but I don't talk shit on the internet. Um, so I don't really fit into the cancel culture thing. And, and then I get yelled at cause I won't cancel people because, hmm. cause people on the internet are like, you need to speak out about this person, you know, them directly and they're an abuser and you need to take a stand with us. And I, I just don't do it. Cause, um, cause I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you can effectively like in Hollywood, they canceled Weinstein and then got him arrested. Right. Right. And then, uh, Roseanne Barr got canceled cause everybody uprised and she's not going to probably do much work anymore, but that it's in porn. 
it's not like some giant studio or a big conglomerate of investors is making the decisions that have to do with pornography that's being made. Like it's true. Like if, if you're and even in this, in the cases where that is true, like mind geek and gamma. Okay. You can, you can say, uh, you know, Craven Moorhead got booted basically from porn, right? Enough people spoke up and got that guy out of there and that's, that's good. But mm-hmm. that dude can still start his own site. Sure. You know, and he could recruit people and, and they would work for him and they mm. would, you know, you know, well, what's going to change, man. You're not, you, you can't, That's true. It, uh, it's just, it's, it's so cheap to make porn. You can't boot people out of it forever. <laughs> um, so that's my little view on that. And, and then also like, I don't know, I've been asked to like speak out at a few people who I know. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I just call that person mm-hmm. and see if I could talk sense into him? Yeah, I think a lot I think a lot of people have forgotten that uh talking exists. Yeah, my friend John Johnson John Johnston, sorry, I couldn't confuse John Johnson is my mm-hmm. friend who does John Johnston mm-hmm. is my friend who works in uh the gun community and, and he's like a shooting instructor. So when I get mm-hmm. him confused, it's weird. Especially if I send one of them nudes, it's weird. But um the gun guy, John Johnston, he always says, Yeah, the world would be a better place if people would just talk. Mm. like you know like hang out a little better bit. than shooting <laughs> yeah yeah because like if you and, and that's how i've all been like i'll eat dinner with anybody i don't care how mm-hmm. big of a dirtbag scumbag evil <laughs> evil person so i'll eat dinner with anybody man just because i might learn i might get some empathy for their sure. situation and i might sure. learn more about how i don't want to be or how and they might get some empathy out of my situation and say oh Maybe I should stop raping people, mm-hmm. huh? You know, or, or, I don't know. Well, you know, know what I mean? Like, well, you know, so many yelling at them doesn't make them stop. Yeah, I'm friends of mine. You know, I'm as anti-Trump as they come, and friends of mine go, "Well, I can't believe you have friends that are Trump supporters." I go, well, they're my friends, you know, and I I try to understand them. I don't agree with them, but I try to understand them. Well, you got it. Otherwise, it's. I, maybe I make logical leaps. Sometimes. I did a lot of LSD when I was a teenager, so I make mm. these logical leaps that don't exist sometimes. But sure. if you can't be friends with someone who is votes different than you, then how can you be in the same country? Like, should we have two countries then? Do we have to? Sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I wonder. Hey, you mentioned uh, you mentioned guns. Uh, I see yeah. a, see a lot of gun stuff on your social media. What's up with that? So I like guns. Uh, I always liked guns since I was a kid, but they're basically mm. metal penises. What's that? And they're, they're metal penises. I got to give him credit. Tracy Morgan said that, but it's true, man. It's like a metal dick. It's really cool. And um, <laughs> so always been into guns and my dad, you know, taught me how to shoot and stuff when I was a kid, mostly mm-hmm. hunting and stuff like that. And then, uh, uh, got into, well, when I lived in DC, I had a close friend who was like a, um, uh, I don't know what to say. He had like a top secret job he couldn't talk about. And he did like, mm. I don't know, he's like spy movie shit, but probably not like as cool as in the movies, but he did, you know, like spy shit. So he, mm. he, um, he would tell me stuff a lot. Like, like, Hey dude, you need to, you should really carry a gun or and, and this is a guy, he, he did not like guns. He was not a gun advocate, right? He was mm. just a dude who, like, before he got that job, was like, I don't know, whatever, it's fine. And then he got that job, and he was like, um, 
yeah, you should have a gun in your car. You should carry a gun on your person. You should have a, mm. you should know all the exit roads. And I'm like, what does this guy know from work that I don't know? Like, what fuck? Interesting. Like, what's going on? What's going on? And, um, anyway, but he, so but he couldn't, more but he couldn't tell you. Yeah. 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 We, it'd be like, I'd be in the car with them going over a bridge and he'd be like, yeah, this would be like a really, really good spot for a terrorist attack. And I'd be like, what? And he'd be like, what? Nothing, nothing. I'm just thinking about work shit. I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know? So just weird, wow. weird stuff. So, so it kind of got, I was like, eh, kind of spending. So I got a concealed carry permit when I was buddies with that guy mm-hmm. and just got in the habit more of just like an exercise of like, uh, paperwork. I like, you know, jump through hoops sometimes. And I'm like, okay, now I can carry a gun. Okay. Now I can. So I will. So then I start carrying a gun and I'm like, okay, so if I carry a gun, I got to dress different because you got to hide it. And then mm-hmm. logistically this and that, and then uh, it carries a certain responsibility with it, of course, like safety, but then also the moral decisions of when would I draw this thing? Like mm-hmm. not take a lot for sure, but sure. what would that take? Um, and then I kind of like that, uh, just the having that kind of responsibility in my head at all times. It keeps my awareness up. It keeps me from looking at my phone when I'm at the grocery store. Um, yeah. cause I'm, cause I'm looking around and I'm yeah. like aware of the situation yeah. and I, it makes my life more enriching. Um, so then, and then I get into porn and then a couple of my friends get like abducted. Terrible shit happens to them. Ooh. I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ, this is bad. You know? And it, so then I started thinking, and then I, I get married to a small goth, lady who's famous for doing quadruple anal and getting pissed on. And so the internet is like constantly coming at her. And then we go to Walgreens together. People are like eyeball and like, Oh my God, that's Charlotte. I bet she wants me to choke her, you know, like that kind of stuff. And um, mm-hmm. so, so I started getting more wary uh, about personal protection, that kind of stuff. So now mm-hmm. uh, I don't, think i'm like a crazy person but i you know i uh have a lot of guns and like i always have at least one on me and uh you know security at home and i train a lot and um and it's fun it's because you can it doesn't really even cost that for like 600 bucks you can pay like an ex-special forces dude or a navy seal or some dude to just teach you how to shoot like they shoot you know like they have they have classes for that and it's cool it's fun you like learn and then i met these dudes and like half of them are gay you know what I mean? And I'm like, I thought they'd be weird because I do gay porn. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know you are from gay porn. Yeah, man, my, uh, you know, my old captain, uh, he's totally, really loved dudes, man. He was so manly, he would only fuck men. You know what I mean? Like, it's, hmm. so you kind of see this other side of humanity yeah. on, um, it's surprising, it, you know, that like super masculine, like beard, Velcro, like tough guy. <laughs> teams guys yeah. a lot of them like, like dudes you know so I, anyway so that's been fun and then um and it's just i don't golf you know what i mean so it's like fun to shoot it's just uh the practice of drawing and squeezing the trigger without fucking it up and getting the bullet exactly where you want it to go and timing mm-hmm. yourself shot timer it's like super fun to me well, it's a so, sport but yeah it's a sport definitely. it's a, it's a shooting sport yeah totally it's in the the guys that do the shooting sports as the com- competitors mm-hmm. they are like on a whole nother level mm. than even where I am. Like, like currently I've been do, at it for a few years, training a lot. I can honestly say I'm better than every cop I've ever met. Good. Cause mm-hmm. I'll shoot the places where cops are. 
and standard infantry guy, like someone who was like, well, I was a Marine or I was in the army. I know a shoot. And then they suck, you know, you're like, okay. Um, <laughs> but the ones that compete in some cops compete and some army guys compete, they are fucking another level. I right. mean, they're like, you can't see as fast as they can draw and shoot. And you're like, what the hell the fuck did you just do that? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, it's like, it, it's like an amateur golfer versus like Tiger Woods or some shit. I mean, you just, it's mm-hmm. like, what is happening? And then, um, so that's been kind of cool to like yeah. work that. And uh, it's fun. I probably, I, I'm a little too excited. I get excited. I like night vision and I like to LARP around my house. Sometimes my wife thinks it's weird. But <laughs> that does sound oh. weird. So yeah. Yeah. So, weird. so, so you're, so you're 41 now, Lance. Yeah. So young. And you've been doing porn since you were 27. So what's difference about it? What's different about it now from when you got started? And what do you want out of porn now that you didn't before? Well, man, I want like, uh, well, when I was new, I just needed money, man. I was like broke and mm-hmm. kept getting laid. I was a sales guy for these companies, but I kept getting laid off because the, uh, they were tech companies, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're always, you know, it's fucking they get new funding and change anyway. So I was always broke, even though I had good jobs. Um, so I got into porn cause I, uh, was unemployable. I got laid off so many times in a row. Just shit resume. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, quickly learned that like, Oh, Hey, I got hired in gay porn, but as it turns out, I actually kind of like dudes. This is, uh, I never really <laughs> looked into that. I kind of like dudes too, you know? Um, so it was kind of like a sexual exploring thing. And then mm-hmm. I was spending a lot on hookers and dominatrices and strip clubs at the time. And I was like, well, now I can just do that at work. That's kind of cool. You know, so it was kind of like a think of with my dick thing, plus just sure. paying the bills and survival. Yeah. Um, and then after a couple of years, I was like, well, I kind of want to be someone in my community. So I got interested in like moving out west and going to AVN and working for bigger companies, learning how bigger companies work. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and then it kind of evolved into like I got to know the people who own the big companies. And I'm like man, they're just some dude like me or some lady, you know, like I, what's the difference between me and them? Like I want to have a big company. So, mm-hmm. um, so I've been building on that. I don't have a huge porn company. I have a very tiny independent network, but, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, uh, just kind of growing some depth, depth and weight into that has been cool. That's how big, but things, I've, I've, that's how big things start. They start small and you build them up. You build them up. Yeah. And it's, it, I don't know. It's, it, so lately it's been, kind of nice uh, i love where i'm at now i don't know where i'm going to be at 10 years from now i kind of mm-hmm. worry about that but um you know like won the awards and stuff that i wanted to win so not that i mean everyone want if you win one shiny thing you want to win another shiny thing but i mean i'm I, I honestly i can say ah, i'm kind of good i, mean, I don't have anything to prove there so i'm not mm-hmm. too worried about taking the big shoots and doing the big features anymore um mm-hmm. i just i want to help people get uh you know, if someone out there is in a place in their life where they can start their own business and become independently, financially independent, and, you know, financially independent sex worker is a beautiful thing. The, the, the world needs more of that. And um, if I can help people do that in a safe way, that's fucking awesome, you know? And then yeah. in the meantime, you know, scared of losing what you have is always, that's typical human shit. So I want to, you know, keep, keep my businesses going. But um, sure. that's been the been the mission lately is just kind of help help people do what i did but I, but i know um building your own business isn't for everybody and it's not mm-hmm. 
it's definitely not a smart person thing. I'm not a smart. I've never been accused of being smart. Um, it, and it's definitely not a. Uh, I I would just dis- I would disagree. But go ahead. Well, I don't know if you ask any boss I ever had before porn, they'd be like, that's my fucking idiot. You know, but then I go to porn and they're like, you're a genius. And I'm like, oh, the bar just moved. <laughs> like not to knock porn, but oh my God, you know, like, uh, but they, um, uh, you gotta be at a certain point in your life to want to like take risks and, and mm-hmm. save up to start a business and, sure. and all that. I wasn't there till I was like late twenties, early thirties. So, I mean, right. uh, but then some 21 year old or 18 year old might be like, fuck yeah, I'm there right now. Let's go. You know? Yeah. So it just depends on where you're at, not who you are, I think. Um, but, totally. uh, but yeah, just, just working on that, trying to, you know, like clean this town up and hopefully we get enough independent producers. Yep. It only takes like two, three, four, maybe five mm-hmm. people doing what I'm doing or more, a little more to mm-hmm. have, total changing of the guard in porn. Well, there, there has been a lot of consolidation. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. So tell me about your Dungeons and Dragons quest. How's that going? So we uh, have a friend, Tim, and he's like a, not a porn guy. He's a tutor. Um, mm. super, super nerdy, great guy. And he invited my wife and I to start playing Dungeons and Dragons with him. And we were like, all right. And then pandemic started. So we do it over Zoom now. But um, now on Monday nights, we just Zoom in and he's, he's our dungeon master in a non-sexual way, just in a Dungeons and Dragons way. <laughs> and uh, it's fucking awesome. I never thought I'd be in. I always like I'm pretty nerdy, but I always thought that was a, <laughs> that was like in the Venn diagram of nerds. That was like not my circle, <laughs> you know? Like I just thought, oh, that's for those different kind of nerds. But it's <laughs> fucking awesome because you can be as it's all about your imagination. So like the game gets as perverted as you want, you know. Hmm. Like currently, my character is like a human form person, but because of what happened, long story short, in the quest, I got a dragon tail attached to me. Hmm. Um, and at the end of the dragon tail is a uh, dwarf's penis that uh, just got stuck on there. Okay. And so, so I'm running you, you around. Can, you and, can tell I have, I know nothing about this, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just anything could ha- like, like you're, you're basically your, your dungeon master guy. Mm-hmm. If you've never done this before. Right. No. So he, he explains the situation. Like you start playing and he's like, okay, you're, you're remember where you were last time. You're all in this room. There's two doors which door do you go through? And then you decide, okay, let's go through this one. And then you walk through, and then you pretend that you all walk through the door. And he goes, Oh man, there's a goblin in there. What do you do? And then you like, it's whatever the fuck you want. So Charlotte sometimes is like, I'm going to stick my arm up his butt. And then, and then the dungeon master will be like, all right, that's your wife. I assume. Yeah, yeah. So then he'll be like, "All right, roll." She sounds like a kick. Dice. Yeah. So like, roll, roll a dice for like uh, dexterity, and then you roll to see how successful you were at sticking your arm up their butt, and then it just kind of goes from there. Anyway, it's, it's nerdy as fuck, but it's fun. Imagination times, I love it. So I'm in, I'm the big D and D nerd now. It's good. So, so tell me about your cats. So they're good. They're really good. There's four. How many, how many do you have? Um, four mm. and there you got me you get you got me matched we've got we got four dogs by the way okay yeah four is a good number i mm-hmm. think to have mm-hmm. a pets um 
there's a big fluffy one. He's the oldest battle cat, and he's in charge, and he yells a lot at everybody. And then, but he's nice. He just yells. And then uh, there's a black cat, Ripley, and Jonesy is like a tabby, just a big chunky tabby cat. And the baby cat is the only girl, mm. and she hides hides all day from everybody, but she Aww. sleeps on my butt uh, every <laughs> night. She sleeps on my <laughs> butt, so that's cute. That's good. But they're good, man. They're like. Oh, they're such good kitties. I mean, they get along. They don't like break shit. They almost always poop in a box, mm-hmm. you know? Nice. Yeah, I just can't ask for more than that. If my dog's and, um, anyway. That'd be easier if dogs pooped in a box. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, people when I shoot porn at my house, they always, they, they uh, all of them except baby cat come and say hi and like meet the <laughs> models and stuff. And all that, you know, I, I'm sure that, I'm sure that warms the models hearts for sure. It's good. Yeah. yeah. And then I know yeah. like there's models I won't hire again because they were like rude to a cat. And I'm like, well, yeah. Weird. yeah. If you don't like animals, uh, you're, you're, you're on one of my lists and it's not a good list. So yeah, uh, you can't at least pretend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, people that are mean to animals. I can't handle that. Oh Oof. yeah. Mean is. Yeah. But if they so. can't even like, even if I didn't like, I like dogs, dogs are great. But like mm-hmm. if I go to someone's house, I'm going to say hi to the person, but I'm going to be really nice to the dog. Oh, hell yeah. Because that's the person who owns the house yes. wants. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Standard. Oh, I love it. I love animals. So, yeah, like, so any lessons learned from years of volunteering, helping homeless people, people in prison, and people in psych wards? Yeah. I mean, I did that for a long time. Like, my whole 20s, uh, uh, every Friday, I would go to... Um, there's a place in Washington DC called St. Elizabeth's and it's the, mm-hmm. um, it's th- that I know of. It's the only maximum security, uh, psych ward in, on the East coast, but oh. it might be wrong, but it's the only one in that area. Sounds um, really, it sounds, it sounds really heavy duty. It's kind of cool. It's like, yeah, it's all big ass brick buildings. And, um, if you go at night, it's cool. Cause there's uh steam grates in the ground. And so mm-hmm. steam is billowing out of the ground and then on the uh, campus, where it's all fenced in, and like they got armed guards and shit, you know. But once you get inside, there's a homeless shelter too, uh, oh. like a bunch of trailers set up at our homeless shelter. Mm. And the guys that live there, um, they just kind of walk around, like loom around the the like premises. Uh-huh. And so there's like steam grates, and then methed out looking dudes kind of limping around, you know. Mm. And then like it's old, like. Uh, gothic looking stuff. I mean, it's, it's really, it looks like you're in a horror movie. It's kind of cool, but, um, <laughs> that's where, uh, John Hinckley lives, the guy that shot Reagan. And, oh, uh, really, he, or if he's still alive, he might be dead by now, but he was, he was Hinkley, there when I was there. And, uh, I thought died from not. He might've died. Yeah. So they, he, they let him out one day, mm-hmm. uh, cause he had gotten to a certain point in his, um, therapy there mm-hmm. after like 10 years or some shit. They're like, all mm-hmm. right, John, let's see how you do. Uh, on like a field trip, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just to see how you do. And um, when he came back, they're like, John, how's your day? And he's like, I went to a place called Starbucks. Everybody has their own phone now. It's so weird. Yeah. They're like, oh, John, you had a great day outside. And then they had to search him because they're like, you know, you know, he right. was he's a dude that tried to kill a president, right? So they had uh, to search him. Yeah. And, and on the on his in his pocket, they found a human finger. And they were like, John, uh, what's what's going on? What? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, what, and they're like, what, you, why, why do you got a finger in your pocket? He's like, what, you don't have a finger in your pocket? Because he's crazy, right? And so 
So they didn't let him out again after that. Like, uh, yeah, I think that's John, prob- you probably a probably a good idea. Outside. No but more God. no more Starbucks and where's no the, more where's, where's the person missing the finger? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone in DC is just like one finger fewer, I guess. So hopefully but, that's uh, all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh every Friday I would go there for like I don't know, three years and just um I, I, I used to do a shit ton of drugs and alcohol. And then when I turned 19 around then I got sober. And then, mm-hmm. so my friends and I would go there mm-hmm. and just kind of help people. Anyone who wanted to like not get fucked up anymore. Is, that, we is, that, figured, is that where you grew up was DC land? Yeah. DC area. Yeah. Ah, so nice. it's like, if you're in a maximum security psych ward or you're in a homeless shelter, it's not a guarantee that you have alcoholism, but there's a chance that there's some crossover there where you of might course. be. Yeah, you might be. So, so it's a good place to look for people who need help. So we would do that. Mm-hmm. And um, it is cool. It's it a good experience. Met a lot of people. Because you get down to the brass tacks of humanity of like, um, you know, because you're talking to another human that's mm-hmm. dehumanized the world. Uh, but I also learned that, um, man, the majority, at least the thousands of dudes that I met in there, mm-hmm. uh, the majority of them, they're what I call pro-homeless. Like they they had no interest in not being homeless anymore. Um mm-hmm. They, you know, it's kind of like camping for them. They're like, I'm, you know, I'm good. I don't know. I'm in here because it's cold out. But as soon as it gets mm-hmm. nice, uh, go back to living on the street. And they have, you know, like a locker at a YMCA. Mm-hmm. And they know where the food is. And they get a shower every day. And they got mm-hmm. their spot fought for. They sleep in. And they just kind of do their thing. So it kind of changed my view on, um, uh, I don't know, just like there's a certain part of the humanity that's just going to choose that. Yeah, I, I yep. guess I guess so. A lot of people look at it as a problem. I guess they don't look at it as a problem. Yeah, they they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not when I say they. I can't speak for all the homeless, but I'm saying there's a big mm-hmm. percentage, of the majority of the dudes that I try to help. Because that would be like, hey man, I got a car. I could pick you up Monday and help you look for a job. I could, you know could like shout like, my and they're like a what? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, why would I do that? Yeah, like, exactly. I, I like beer. my life. <laughs> I can hang out at the subway and I'll make 40 bucks just hanging there with like a, my hand. Out. Like, why yeah. would I know? Are you yeah. stupid? And I'd be like, Oh, well, good point, buddy. So, um, so it's kind of changed my view on that. And then I just, you know, you learn a lot. I, don't know, yeah. I did that in Florida too. And, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people don't know this. All the oranges in Florida are not all, I don't know. The, uh, the guys that I was working with, a lot of them would get, um, kind of taken off the street mm-hmm. in the city and then they get put in the back of a pickup truck, like, hey, man, day labor, I'll give you a pint of whiskey and a pack of cigarettes if you get in the truck. And they'll be like, all right. And then for the next four or five years, they're in the in an orange field in the middle of Florida, like, and they can't get out, and they're picking oranges, and that's where oranges come from. So, oh, like, they're just kind of like uh, – Like slaves. You can't, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. Slaves. And, like, they can leave if they can walk for, uh, you know, what a three-hour drive is. Oh, God. Like the, Totally, they can totally leave. They're not like captive, but like, uh, what do you, okay. uh, so just kind of, kind of, you know, it just gave me a different spin on like, um, hmm. interesting. You know, wow. But, uh, uh, but again, it's just like starting a business. If you, you know, there's, it depends on where you're at in life. If you want to get out of that or not, it doesn't depend on much life, else. Life, my friend is full of choices. Well, Look, I, I got to say, by a good margin, this is the most interesting uh, of the interviews I've done so far. And Lance, oh, Lance I really want to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Side Broker Talk. 
And I, I really hope we get a chance to do a part two real soon. Me too. Yeah, let's do it. My broker tip today is part six of how to buy an adult website. Last week, we talked about the sales agreement. So now both you and the seller have signed the agreement. What comes next? There needs to be an escrow setup where you send the money, whether it be a one-time payment or a deposit if you're going to be making payments. The seller, for their part, puts the assets of the sale into escrow, namely the domains being sold and any other tangible assets that can be put into escrow. Your attorney can give you more information on that. We recommend escrow domains for escrows. They are a firm out of Washington, D.C., and no, they're not paying me to say this. I just use them, trust them, and am delighted by the work they've done for us. Either an escrow agreement will be drawn up by them in the case of a custom escrow, or if it's a simple one, it can be set up right on their website. Then you, the buyer, the seller, and the broker will be contacted by escrow domains with further instructions such as wiring information. The escrow is opened, and either the deal closes within a matter of a few days, or an inspection period is allowed. It all depends on what the agreement calls for. Whether you need an inspection period really depends on whether there is still some information you need to find out prior to the deal closing. Your broker and your attorney can advise you more on this, and it's on a case-by-case basis. Then the money is transferred, as are the domains, and the deal is closed. Now, in many cases, in fact, most of the time, the seller either stays on board for a period of time to help with the transition or is at least available on an on-call basis to answer questions. This is something most buyers should ask for. But at this point, you pretty much own the website. What do you do now? We'll talk about that subject next week. And next week, we'll be talking to Evan Seinfeld, the former rock star, porn star, and currently the owner of the very successful clip and social media sites, Is My Girl and Is My Guy. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Lance Hart. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.